0: All right, we're live. I've hit the record button anyway.
1: Good. <laughs> I'm
0: here with my new friend, Abby Keel. Thank you, Abby, for making time for the Boca Podcast today.
1: Perfect. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well,
0: and we're going to dive into a little bit of your personal life and your your photography business, and you're also an education for photographers. We're going to talk about a lot of that stuff here in just a little bit. Awesome. But to get us started, something that we do in the Boca Podcast is talk about what we call an aha moment. And really, this would be probably the most difficult lesson that you learned or have learned as a photography business owner. What's the first thing that pops into your head?
1: Oh, we're just, okay, so I'm totally a crier. So let's just like do this right out the gate. <laughs> okay. So when I started my business, I my business like instantly exploded. Like it just blew up really quickly and I had way a ton of clients. In 2010, I booked 465 clients, which is a ridiculous. Like, your eyes right now, popping. Yes, exactly, it's a ridiculous yeah. amount. I do it, not this recommend is portrait it. portrait sessions? Yes, or what? Okay. and I used to do, like, 10 sessions in a day, and I was working all the time. And what happened, and this really was, like, a huge moment for me in my business, was I had a three-year-old little boy at the time, and we lived in a town where literally the only thing for little boys to do that were three years old was to take a hip-hop class. So... We put him in the hip hop class. Well, they had two recitals in the year and the first one's in the fall and the next one's in the spring and the fall recital came up and I wasn't there because I was working Mm. and I was shooting all the time. And I lived in either in front of my camera or in front of my computer. And that was my life. And so I obviously, as a parent, I felt a lot of guilt for not being there for him because dad was there and grandma and grandpa were there. And even his nanny was there and so I came home and I called my friend who owned the dance studio and I said, you have to set the date of that spring recital so I can make sure that I can be there because I'm not going to like let my kid down. And so she set the date and as luck would have it, even though it was six months out, I was already booked. Wow. And so I went back to my client and I offered to shoot their pictures for free if they would just please move so I could be at this event to be with my son. Well, obviously, he's three years old, so I don't sit down with him and be like, hey, guess what I've done for you and all these things. And I want to be a good mom. Like, he's three. He doesn't get it at that point. And so fast forward six months and I was still in this terrible place with my business of working all the time and being a slave to my business. And I was sitting there one day working and I could hear him in the other room with his nanny and he asked her, he said, are you going to come to my hip hop recital? And she's like, of course, bud, like, of course I'm going to be there. And he said to her, okay, the tears are coming. Hmm. He said, good, because my mom won't be there because she'll be working. And in that moment, I knew that everything had to change because that's the last thing as a parent. You don't want to be the parent who doesn't show up for your Mm. kids. And really, like, I love my business and I love working and I love all the things, but I will never love them the way I love my child. And so... That night, my husband and I sat down and we had this very tearful on my end thing. (laughs) And we basically said that I had a year. I had a year to fix my business, to get all my things together. And that became a catalyst for a huge change. And in that year, I did things I never thought were possible. And I totally, completely changed my business and continued to completely just adapt my business to my family instead of having my family always be at the mercy of my business so I think that was like my biggest hardest moment ever for sure
0: it's so easy to get caught up in the process of running a business and we love what we do we love to be the photographer we love to be the business owner and uh, we love the, the the gear the equipment and the workshops we're at a conference right now I have to actually mention we've got this beautiful almost like postcard like backdrop um, of mountains. We're here in Salt Lake or just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah, Provo for the photo native conference. We're talking amongst us, but it's easy to get lost in all of that busyness of being a photography business owner.
1: And I think that when you start, there's this fear of saying no. Yes. And that was such a big thing for me because I thought if I say no to this person, I will never have a client again. And as you were in business longer and as I say now, I say no more than I ever say Yes. And my business makes more money. It's more, you know, it's more successful. We've grown more, all those things. But there is this fear of saying no. and FOMO, right? Yes. And I think too, you kind of have to get to this point. I think guilt is hard, but guilt can also be a very powerful motivator. And so I tell people when I'm teaching them or at workshops or conferences or whatever, we have to start to look at the things that we're saying yes to. And we have to realize like... Every single time you say yes, when you know you shouldn't, you're basically telling the most important people and the things that really deserve your time. Hey, I'm really sorry, but I just I don't have time for you because I'm too busy doing these other things. And and that was me like four hundred and sixty five sessions in a year is ridiculous. But I was so afraid to say no because yeah. I was, I thought I was succeeding and I didn't want to lose that when really I was failing on every level. I wasn't a great photographer. I was always running behind. People were always waiting on me. I wasn't being a great mom. I wasn't being a great wife. And so I had to start to like take control of all those things.
0: Well, at the end of the day, so many of these things that, that we make important in the moment, they're just part of a larger game. And what really truly matters, what, what we hopefully all share in common is relationships. Yes. And if we aren't prioritizing those relationships, we're missing out. Absolutely. Um, and, and the idea that the business takes precedence for whatever reason, um, I think, is a major misstep and we're going to miss out in the long run. I can look back over my life as a business owner, as a photographer, and now I own an editing company, and I see those times when I'd let the business take priority. And I kind of cringe when I think about it. Ultimately, my kids who are 16 and 12, they're not going to be at home a whole lot longer. And I am selling myself short. I'm certainly selling them short. If I'm not prioritizing time with them, business has to take second or third or fourth place in my life to them make sure that they don't feel like business is superseding our relationship. So this is a really, really good reminder for all of us. It's certainly something we talk about a lot on the Boca podcast, but at the end of the day, it's relationships that matter. And um, I love this reminder. And thank you for being yeah. <laughs> so vulnerable and sharing that with us. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful and yet yet very poignant story and, and a good reminder for all of us. Um, as I mentioned, we're, we're sitting here at the Photo Native Conference. And that uh, you and I are both getting to share this week. And we're, we're touching on similar topics, too. We, come from, we both come from a similar place. I think we're more the entrepreneur or the business yes. owner type than the artist. And that enables us to have a certain perspective when it comes to time management, Um, and then even on a bigger picture level, the philosophy that drives business in order to give us a little bit more freedom and flexibility as entrepreneurs to focus on the people that matter, as you were talking about. And so I'm excited to be here, excited to share in all this together. But um, I'd love to know, before we talk about your business, I'd love to know a little bit more about you, um, about your husband, your kids. Tell us a little bit, like, give us a a day in the life of Abby. What does that look like?
1: (laughs) Well, we um we live here in Utah and I've been married for 16 years now to absolutely my best friend. Like he is awesome and I'm one of those really lucky people who has a spouse that just totally is like the biggest cheerleader for me and so I'm really lucky to have that. Um we have three kids. We have two boys, 11 and 8, and then a daughter who just turned 4. Wow. And I I think that there's a lot of people in the world who just like have really grand dreams of what they want their lives to be. And my big dream is to just have a very like normal, simple life. And I just, I love like really my, my big goal in life is Sunday dinners and to have a family who comes home for Sundays and we have Sunday dinners and we're together. And so we spend, Just a lot of time hanging out. And I love that about our family. Like we are always together. Um,
0: You said last night you're a homebody.
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay, so funniest thing. I just got interviewed for like an article in a magazine. And and one of the questions they asked me was, if you could go anywhere, where would you go? And I was talking to my little eight-year-old son who is so smart. And I was like, where would I go? And he's like, you wouldn't go anywhere. You'd stay home. <laughs> I was like, that's so true. That's brilliant. Like, yeah, I just love being at home yes. and we have a super, really wonderful backyard. Mm. And that is like my heaven. It's mm-hmm. just when we're back there and it's just the five of us. And I just, every, everything I really love is at home. And so I love being at home. And I also really love being at baseball games. We spend a lot of time at baseball games, but-
0: You mentioned that before we hit the record button, you said beyond being this kind of grandiose business owner, making tons of money- you just want to go to a baseball. Game I just want to go be to baseball, at baseball games, games. And yeah. I
1: just I want to just I want to be in the front row of the spelling bee, and I want to mm-hmm. be like at the baseball games and the dance recitals, and I want to help in the class and do all the things, and because I just think, like you said, like the time we have with our kids, it's so short and okay. it's so fleeting, and it just it's it runs through your fingers quicker. You can never catch up to it, and there will never be enough. Like we'll never have enough childhood, and granted, like it's not like they turn into adults and disappear, but sure. it just will never be the same. No, and so totally I different. want to yeah. just be immersed in the time while I have the time.
0: I love it. So. I love it. I love that that is front and center. You're very present. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful picture of um, what really makes a, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. You and I were talking about this earlier as well before we hit the record button, the, the conversations that we're hearing from photographers, the things that they're struggling with. At the end of the day, some of this minutiae uh, that the busy work almost, if you will, of running a photography business can get in the way of really remembering what matters at the end of the day. Absolutely. I love that you put such a priority on relationships with your family. How do you how do you create free time for yourself? You mentioned, I think last night, that you guys love to travel together. How mm-hmm. do you create the time to travel together?
1: So we always, well, after I got smart, so, because there was a period when <laughs> I was kind of dumb, but okay. after we got smart, we just, it it was, I had heard a quote, I think it's by Stephen Covey, that said, You don't prioritize your schedule. You schedule your priorities. Mm -hmm. And my family is my number one priority. There will be time later where I can work like 18 hours a day and nobody will notice because, you know, I'll just be, it'll just be me and my husband will still be at work or whatever. And who knows? But so we, you know, we really sit down and we make sure that the vacations are on the calendar before the clients are on the calendar. And right now my boys are very very into baseball and our baseball season here is from like April until November and so i know i'm just not available and so i'll have clients who contact me and i have to say i'm really sorry like i don't work on Saturdays and so but i made those conscious choices
0: and you don't work on Saturdays because you're going to the ball games cuz
1: i'm sitting at ball games yeah. and i'm sitting at you know and that's where i want to be and yeah. you know even booking the most amazing wedding that's ever been I will still feel guilt being there because I know that my kid is at his little league game and I that's where I really that's where I really want to be and so I made the decision a few years ago that I was no longer going to work on the weekends so I don't work on the weekends anymore and then um I started to kind of realize that my summers with my kids were going to become very limited and you know even you don't, you don't really have like 18 summers with your kids because they turn into teenagers and they want to be with their friends and they want to go do things. And, and I could just see that like these summers were so important for us to be able to do things and go and have adventures. And so I started also not working in the summer. And so then all of a sudden I became a wedding photographer who doesn't work in the summer and I don't work on the weekends, (laughs) but I also believe, and I know and have seen in my life so many times, if you make the right choices for your family, Mm. everything else falls into place. Yes. And so this year... I have, all my weddings are on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And like, luckily I live in Utah where a lot of weekday weddings occur, but there's also portrait sessions that can be shot and, and things that can be done. And it just seems to always work out because I'm putting my family first.
0: Well, so two things that stand out to me there. One is, it's actually been a consistent theme on our podcast as of late. And that is the importance of just simply scheduling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing to me, and, and I've said this before, and I'll, I'll reiterate it, but it's amazing to me when I talk to photographers or just people in general, how they, they just kind of throw their hands up in the air and say, I'm, I'm busy. And the simple act of having put something in the calendar and scheduling it ahead of time would have taken care of the so-called busyness, yeah. and, and they could have just done that thing, whether it's getting together with friends or it's going to a photographer meetup or whatever the case. They, they leave a big question mark in there instead of just simply proactively prioritizing scheduling this time and making it happen. And at the end of the day, it's really that simple. A lot of times when it comes to prioritizing time with our family, prioritizing time with our friends, we just have to simply do it. Yes. And I love the simple notion of that. The other thing that, that stands out to me there though, is your values have dictated how you run your business. And this is actually something I'm going to be talking tomorrow in my presentation or uh, speaking to, but it's It's so important to be clear up front what is truly important to you, what is almost your non negotiable, if you will, and let that dictate your business model. Not only does it keep you from burning out, you can actually enjoy what you're doing because now your business actually reflects what's most important to you. But then at the end of the day, as you're so wonderfully exemplifying, you'll have the time that is important with your friends, with your family, and in your case specifically. So this is a really great example for our listeners.
1: Well, and I feel like, too, I've been really blessed because i have put my family in the forefront and everybody knows that all Mm. my clients know that and so you've set that
0: expectation up front which is so good
1: like even in like the pricing and information guide that we send i talk about how important my family is and like my family is very very much forefront if you go to my social media like there is no question that motherhood is my number one priority and because of that we attract people who feel that same way Mm. and who value their family so much and who family is number one. And it's built in a lot of understanding on both sides because they know, um, I hired a photographer who values family and my kid is sick And I'm not nervous to call and say, hey, my kid is sick, can we reschedule? Because they know that I would be, I would never hesitate to be like, hey, my child is sick, can we please reschedule? And so we just, because we've been so, you know, me and my team have been so true to who we are and to what's important to us, we're attracting the people that feel that same way. And we're not having this like you know, unflexible clients or whatever. And of course, like we can't reschedule a wedding day and that's why you have a supportive husband who will step up when he needs to. But it really has just made it the more we've put out like who we are and who I am, the more we attract that back. And then we're with people who, you know, we just love to be around and it's, it's not work. It's just being with people that you really care about and spending important moments with them. And so I think we can't be afraid to say, these are the things that are important to me. And this is what I really value because then you only attract people who feel that same way. That's
0: beautiful. What would you say to the photographer? I'm hearing apprehension from our listeners. You know, they might say, well, that, that sounds idealistic. You know, I, I decide what I want to do and how I want my life to look and now I just have to expect my business to work out within those parameters. Um, What if I miss out on business? What if I lose business? What if my business doesn't grow fast enough? What would you say to them?
1: I think that really realistically, whatever you believe in, there has to be an element of faith. Hmm. Like whether it's a higher being or whether it is just luck in life or whatever. I really, really believe that if you have faith that you're doing the right things and making the right choices, you just have to have faith that it works out and you have to also be adaptable and you have to say, okay, like for my me, I'm, I'm a wedding photographer and I don't work on the weekends and I don't work in the summer. So guess what? I had to adapt my business a little bit and say, now I'm willing to shoot portraits again. Because portraits we can do on Tuesdays and portraits we can do on Wednesdays and those types of things. And so there have to be like these adaptions that are made. It can't be so black and white. I love that. Yep. And when we have to constantly do that. And I was telling some girls yesterday that I have to kind of reevaluate my schedule and my life and what's working and what isn't working. Sometimes every three months. Because maybe, maybe a kid starts going to preschool or maybe somebody makes, makes it on a baseball team that has a different practice schedule. And so I have to constantly be willing to make those adaptions and just trust that I'm doing what's right for my family and all the business pieces will fall into place.
0: But there again, you're exemplifying the importance of establishing the values up front, the philosophy that drives your business. And then you're adapting the photography to that versus mm-hmm. just saying, what kind of photography do I like? Yes. There's, there's a much bigger picture view, a bit much bigger picture perspective that's driving what you do. Yes. And then you're adapting in order to fit that value set. I think that's really, really and great. I
1: think for me, I think we all go through this thing with our photography where we feel this like need to specialize. And I do think that is an important part. And I think you learn and grow a lot when you specialize in something. And I think ultimately for me, my specialty became people. And loving people who love their families. So whether it's that you're having a wedding and you love your family or it's your family portraits or it's a newborn session or whatever, like it's just this certain type of people that we attract Mm -hmm. that I'm Mm -hmm. like, I don't care what we're taking pictures of Mm -hmm. because I love the people so much. And I think that's where you can start to evolve. And I was telling a girl yesterday who likes to shoot lots of things. And I'm like, your specialty doesn't have to be a type of session. Your specialty can be your style. And maybe you attract commercial work from that, or maybe you attract portraits, or maybe you attract weddings, and it's more your style than it is just, I only shoot weddings. But in order to build a business that was a benefit to my family instead of a burden, I had to be adaptable. And so I shoot lots of stuff now instead of always just weddings because... Not everybody gets married on Tuesday. Yeah, (laughs) And I've had to be okay with missing out. Hmm. There just have to be sometimes, you know, I've gotten calls of huge weddings that are occurring in June and they're the most beautiful venues and their budgets are ridiculously amazing and they have all the right details. And I just have to be okay and say, I would love to be a part of that wedding, but I know that I'll get there and wished I was at the ball field. And so, sorry, but I'll take this... You know, Tuesday wedding and be can live in both worlds and be happy in both worlds.
0: That's good. I I, I think you've you've clearly defined what it means to create a business that is on what well, for the long term much more fulfilling. Um, when you actually clearly define your values, you can create a business model that fits those values. Not only does it minimize burnout, as I said earlier, but it ultimately makes for a much more fulfilling life as a business owner. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, you're getting to spend more time with those people that matter. And that's, yes. that's just so huge. Yeah. You, you've spoken about your photography business. And if you guys haven't had the opportunity to see Abby's work, make sure you go to Abby Keel. It's A-B-B-E-Y-K-Y-H-L dot mm-hmm. com. And um, you can check out her photography there. But how would you... You're doing weddings, portraits. Do you have a very clearly defined brand position that you're communicating to potential clients how do you set yourself apart i guess from the the local Uh, photographers, if we're looking at them as so-called competition, how Mm -hmm. would you set yourself apart?
1: So I think one of the biggest things that sets us apart is hands down our client experience. Okay, And that has always been just like such a core thing for us is that we are super organized. We have really, really clearly defined workflows and we are so service oriented to our clients that a lot of times, like if you go to my website, there's not we have a lot of testimonials from clients and I always kind of feel like it's sort of funny because I'm, I'm an okay photographer. I'm a pretty good photographer. I'm not a mind blowing photographer. I will never go down as like this true amazing artist. There's nobody's going to make a book of my work after I die. (laughs) Like this is not, these things are not going to happen, which is fine by me because if you read the testimonials or we have some videos and things and, and people talk about the experience and they talk about the connection and they talk about how we create a relationship and you know, there's, one girl on one of my videos and she's like, I feel like I was working with my best friend. Hmm. And that really is super core to everything that we do. And And is that something
0: you're able to effectively communicate um, through your website? Is it through the testimonials page? Do you think people kind of get a feeling for the fact that you create this really personal experience?
1: Yes. And I think too, one thing that has worked because that has always been so core to what we do, we get a ton of referrals Hmm. Because people are like, oh my gosh, she was so amazing. She took such great care of us and she answered like a million questions and she was always there. And, you know, even though she was my wedding photographer, when I had questions about bridesmaids dresses or flowers or where to get my hair and makeup done, she was always there to help. And so people come knowing they're going to be well taken care of. And so I think that has been huge for us is just always focusing on taking care of people and really realistically, like in life, if you take care of people they're going to become loyal to you and they're going to have a connection with you. And then they start to take care of you that there was a point in my business before we like launched our associate team and stuff. I had three small children and I basically told all my clients I'm by referral only. And that was one of my most profitable years. And I didn't blog or Facebook or Instagram or do any kind of marketing, whatever. I just depended on my people. And because I had taken care of them, they took great care of me. And I think that sometimes we get so caught up in like, followers and fans and likes and all these things. And I'm like, who knows what's going to happen to social media? Right. But if we keep taking care of people, people will keep taking care of us.
0: Yeah, I, re- I keep referring to last night. We, we did a dinner with a small group last night. And this was one of the conversations that came up. And I think you and I are kind of the, quote, veteran photographers yes. of, <laughs> of the group, which is kind of funny to think about. But what, what we were discussing at that point was... Relationships. at the end of the day, despite technology, despite social media and what it's all become, at the end of the day, it's still about relationships. Absolutely. And if you make the proactive effort to invest in those relationships, it will pay off. Regardless if it's 2018 or you know 1998, it's still going to pay off in a, in a very much a similar way.
1: Yes, absolutely. And like even today, I got a call from a lady who wants me to shoot her daughter's wedding that I shot her niece's wedding five years ago. And I just have mildly kept in touch with that bride and interacted with her and like been involved in her life. And so, and we have things like that all the time. And I'm like, you have to make this lasting connection and impression with people. And then they continue to be invested in you.
0: That's good. That's good. Well, I know that you tout yourself more as a business owner than a photographer, but I'm still curious, (laughs) what is your favorite piece of camera gear?
1: Um, oh, this is so hard. Um, okay, so I have so little camera gear. Yeah. But um, probably my fifty millimeter. Yes. Yes. Like I, I rarely ever take that thing off. Yeah. Like I love that thing. Um. So yeah, is I was one
0: one one 1.2. Ooh, yeah, so the big it's one. Just okay. So beautiful. Yeah.
1: And. And I feel like it. I really like classic. I like timeless. I mm-hmm. like things that are going to stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. And that lens is so perfect for that. So, all right. Yeah. So it's f- so funny because I like have sold, I like have so little camera gear now. But.
0: You know, it's so nice. And this is something else I talk about in my presentation. But at the end of the day, if that even the camera gear doesn't serve your bigger picture goals, get rid of it. You yeah. know, it, it, it just gets in the way of focusing on what matters to your specific business model. So, I love that. I love the simplicity of that. You're not just a photographer. You're also in photographer education,
1: a little bit, yeah, yeah a little bit.
0: <laughs> um, you've got a company called Seven Summers Creative, and an online conference that's coming up called The Shift so I'd love for you to share a little bit about this with our listeners
1: so Seven Summers Creative is basically so what we do with Seven Summers is we help people solve all the problems Mm -hmm. on the back end of business whether it's time management or workflows or pricing or all just all the things that sometimes creatives really struggle with because they're creatives and that side of their brain is not always like their strong suit and so I love business so much I have always loved business my dad was an entrepreneur And so it's definitely like a strong suit of mine. But I find that there are so many people that we deal with that are struggling with very core things. And it's things like time management. It's things like motivation. It's things like confidence. It's things like being able to see the big picture. Just knowing how to become the right person to build the right business for their families and so I had this idea my team and I that we wanted to do an online conference and so we just very bravely asked all our favorite people and people who we've heard before who have made these big impacts in our lives that lead to big changes and lead us to live, you know, really a more intentional life and have like a hustle in a healthier way. Yeah. And so we're doing this online conference that starts in February, February 5th, and it is jam packed with so much amazing information. And I was telling a girl yesterday because she was looking at who the teachers were and she's like, I don't really know any of these people. And I'm mm. like, that's totally fine. Yeah, I said, because these are maybe not the superstars of our industry, yeah. but... They're people you really, really need to know. And not all of them are even in the creative industry, but they're people like my business coach is teaching. And there is an amazing author that I just love who is teaching about how to be more, you know, how to really communicate with people better. And so it's all these things that if you feel stuck or you feel like I just can't really become the person I want to be to build the business I want to build, to have the family I want to have, like, It's just going to be amazing. It's just I'm like I can't just I'm so excited about everybody because I love it. It's exuding from you the excitement, everyone. And I'm like, how do I force every person I know to be a part of this? Because (laughs) it just really is going. I guarantee that there will not just be one class that changes your life. There will be multiple classes that just change the core of who you are and help you start to see things more clearly and help to make these hard decisions and to create businesses that are what are the best thing for your family or your life or whatever but it's gonna it's gonna be real amazing so this is good yeah. we're gonna actually
0: we'll make sure for those of you listening in that we're gonna link to this um, this conference in the show notes so everybody can go check it out sign up and get ready to have their life change yes uh, it and sounds- it really
1: I know that sounds like So big, but it really, these are literally people who I've sat in these classes or I've learned from them before and they helped me make hard decisions. They helped me have enough bravery to say, okay, I'm not going to work on the weekends. I'm not going to work in the summer. I'm going to be able to do all these things to be able to not just have one business, but two businesses. And so it really, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing.
0: Well, just to kind of reiterate something that we've already talked about, it's important to understand philosophy that drives your personal well, your personal life, but your business as well. Absolutely. And I think this conference is going to touch on that quite a bit. Yes. And and that's how, it does sound like hyperbole when you're saying it's going to be life-changing. But at the end of the day, if you're able to take even a few of these concepts that you're able to learn from the shift and apply them to your life, truly apply them to your life, not just say, oh, that's nice, but truly apply to your life, our listeners are going to be able to take a lot away from that. So as I said, we'll make sure to link to the conference in the show notes. And this is really a good segue to what I want to focus on kind of as our main topic today. Um, you offer a course through seven summers called the 24-hour work week. Yes. And I love this because it, of course, plays on um, a guy that we've talked about a good bit on the podcast. Tim Ferriss had a book called the four-hour work week. Um, you're making it a little bit more attainable, I yes. think, by saying the 24-hour work week. <laughs> Tell us how this whole concept even began.
1: So I have a really good friend who is literally the most amazing, successful wedding photographer that no one has ever heard of. Okay. I have asked hundreds of people. No one ever knows who he is, but he is so, so smart. And he...
0: Can we know who he is? Oh,
1: his... Yes. And I don't... Honestly, he does very little photography anymore because now he really does a lot of charity work. But his name's Eric O'Connor and he's with Alori Photography, but no one ever knows who he is. And I'm like, you all are missing out. He's so amazing.
0: think we were talking about this yesterday but it really is fascinating how the you know you have the so-called celebrities that kind of come up in social media and everybody knows about them and they're on the speaking circuit and so forth but some of the people who are making the most money as business photography business owners are the ones that you never never hear about and it's the ones we should be hearing exactly
1: and that's so much of what we tried to bring to the shift is like people who you know really have lives that are worth patterning Hmm. and like are teaching things that are worth implementing. And it isn't just about how to get more Instagram followers or things because those things are so fleeting. Like tomorrow Instagram could be the new MySpace, like, and then it becomes irrelevant. So Eric was actually... Yeah, my, we have we have babies in I the know, background. Plenty of it.
0: babies here, actually. <laughs> it's great.
1: Um, so I had sat in a class of Eric's when one year when I went to WPPI, and I just loved everything that he taught. And so he and I became good friends, and he he really became a mentor of mine. And we have had so many conversations where he blew my mind like over and over because he's just so smart. And so we were talking about you know finding this balance of doing it all, and he is when he was really in the prime of photography was a high-end wedding photographer who shot like 40 high-end weddings a year. We're talking like 10,000 plus. So you can like do the math on what he was making. And he worked like 20 hours a week. Wow. And that included his shooting time. Which is like insane because yeah. most weddings he was shooting were probably like 10 hour weddings. Right. And so I came home and I, I'm very competitive. I'm like a very type A competitive person. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do that for myself. Like I can do that. And you know, he has three kids. I had three kids, like everything just worked out. But I came home and I said, okay, I have to build a business that works for my family. Mm. And so we had to pattern things that worked for my family. And I had to put myself in situations where I had to be more efficient, more streamlined, more smart with everything that really created this 24-hour work week. Yeah. And we break it down. It's full of just so many step-by-step tips about how do I keep my kids entertained when I'm working? and Because I have little ones at home. And how do I... You know, how do I get my clients on board when I'm not available all the time? And how do we do all these different things that made it so I could work less hours and still have a profitable business, but not be, there was a point there, there was a point in time I would get out of bed at eight o'clock in the morning and I would literally be shooting or sitting in front of my computer until two o'clock in the morning. There was a point in my life where my kids sat on the floor and played with games while I was glued to the computer. And that just isn't the life I don't want. I don't want to live that life. And so we had to get real smart and we had to get real streamlined and efficient and, and that evolved into the 24 hour work week.
0: Okay. So I, of course the natural next (laughs) question is, how can our listeners... What we're going to do is link to this course as well in the show notes so that they can go check it yeah, out and, and, they and purchase it. Free it. they free. They free? In oh. the shift. Oh, yeah. perfect. Even yes. better. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to link to both, but make sure you guys sign up for the shift so you can get this course for free. Um, I'd love to find out, maybe just tease us a little bit with a few tips for photographers, things that they can do immediately that would help them save time in their work week.
1: So first off is... We do this thing where we just, we're constantly analyzing every step. So we'll set aside a time every month and we say, okay, what's working really well and what's not working? And then constantly just, how can we trim? One of the biggest things with me, and I tell everyone this, is. You have to become obsessed with time. And I think Tim Ferriss, like obviously Tim Ferriss is obsessed with time. I think anyone who's able to accomplish great things in a short amount of time, you become obsessed with time. And so we're constantly looking at is there a way to make our emails more streamlined? Is there a way to make our workflows more streamlined? Mm -hmm. Is there a way to just use our time better? And so you have to really, like that's my biggest tip is becoming obsessed with time and making your working time efficient. Because then on the flip side of that, when I'm not working, I lose all track of time. Because I'm just in my life and I'm with my kids. And like Christmas break, we had 20 hours to binge watch Harry Potter. <laughs> and like, But if I was working all the time, we wouldn't have time to do those things. Right. And we have the time to just sit in our backyard and do nothing. So in your business, you have to become obsessed with time. Um, another thing that really kind of goes along with that is just always figuring out the best times to be working and mm. trying to, um, I had mentioned last night when we were at dinner, um, how many times are we trying to be a mom and trying to work? Or how many times are we trying to like wear all these hats and do everything at once? And and it just doesn't really work out that way. And I think something that we've all been kind of conditioned to do is multitask. Yeah. And the reality of life is multitasking doesn't really work. No. And so for me, one of the things I found out is that I had to. I have to work when there are no distractions, so I choose to get up early every morning, and so I choose to have three hours of working time when my kids are still in bed. And maybe not everybody can get up at four thirty or five every morning, but I forced myself to do that because hmm. it was what was best for my family. Yeah. And then I also, you know, have made arrangements. So my daughter she goes to preschool every day, so I have three hours there. Those are six hours. That nobody's bothering me and nobody needs me and nobody needs a drink or a snack or wants to be played with. And that way I can be fully, fully present in my business so that later I can be fully, fully present in my life. I always tell people that we need to look at every little part of our business and we need to decide, can this be automated? Mm. Can it be delegated Mm -hmm. or can it be eliminated? Yeah, And I think, nearly everything fits into that. And the more I think as business owners, control is really a hard subject for us and it's hard to let go. But I look at, so I use this analogy um, a lot when I teach is that in the first five years of my business, I literally did everything myself. I didn't outsource or do anything. I did all of it myself. And it took me five years to build up to being able to make like $50,000 a year. Hmm. So then I started to automate and outsource and bring in systems. And I had like a little part-time assistant. It took me less than a year to get to six figures. Nice. And now that we are obsessed with this process and obsessed with time and obsessed with automating, you know, we're on track to make seven figures. But I could have never done it when I was trying to do everything myself. So good. And so I think if we're going to commit to working less, we have to commit to also working smarter and we have to say, okay, I can't edit every single image because really as even if you love editing. I know a lot of people love it. And I love good for you. <laughs> Way to go. But I even if I loved editing, I would never love editing as much as I would love being at a baseball game. Yes. And there have to be these things that we start to just let go of because it opens up the space for us to be where we really want to be. For the be. bigger picture. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And that is, like there's so many different directions we could go with this. And it's funny too how similar a page you and I are on. I mean, literally some of this stuff is straight off my presentation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're, we're tracking here. This is so good. There's so many different things that we could we could touch on here. But I think that's a really beautiful way um, to kind of end our conversation today, which is... You guys have to establish the bigger picture view, what I call a bigger picture view in my presentation. You have to be clear about what that is. That is made up of your values. It is made up of your strengths, how much money you want to make, how much time you want to spend making that money. And that has to dictate ultimately what you do. It might be fun to be a photographer. It might be fun to be an editor. It might be fun to do these various things. And there's no reason you can't do that but the end goal should be much bigger than Absolutely. that. That should dictate what you do on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's a great, uh, great reminder, great example for our listeners. How can they find you? I know we mentioned... Um, your website already, but how can our listeners find more about what you're doing, more about the conferences, see you on Instagram? How can they find you online?
1: So probably the best, there's two places that are the best to find us is our website, which is Seven Summers Creative. Really, you can totally go look at my work and I already told you I'm not the world's greatest photographer, but there's some pretty stuff there and you can get a lot of ideas. Um, But Seven Summers Creative is really all things for creatives. So that's where a great place I would start. We also have a Facebook group that is 7S Creatives. Um, And that's where tons of people, they ask questions. I'm always in there answering questions. That's really, I feel like if you want to be behind the scenes in what we're doing, that really is the best place to be. And, of course, the shift. like. It's just it's going to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I love it. I love yes, the passion. It's so good.
0: Thank you so much for making thank time you. to share with our listeners today. We'll make sure to link to all these resources in the show notes and uh we'll be pushing out this podcast episode right away so we can get people signed up for the shift, but yeah, truly thank you for making time for our listeners today.
1: Thank you. It was awesome. So, perfect.
0: Just visit photographersedit.com.